finally happening. After Rachel and me have been trying to get this into existence, we are finally here with The Going Concern. The Going Concern is a fortnightly talk show podcast where we answer your questions. Every two weeks, we hang around these microphones to talk about all your wonderful questions or issues, which include the weird, the wacky, and the very much wonderful. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Patrick, a chartered accountant and owner of a accounting firm called Boffix, a QuickBooks certified trainer with a fancy new logo, and that QuickBooks chap on YouTube. And join me, as always, is the co-host, the one and the only, Rachel. How are you doing, Rachel? Hi, everybody. Aaron finally agreed to host a talk show with me, so I'm over the moon. Uh, my name is Rachel, and I am a TEDx speaker. I'm an author, I'm a business owner, but most importantly for today, I am an accountant. I'm the founder of Accountant She, and I am the director of Strivex, which is a wonderful, if I say so myself, female-led accountancy practice. We've got an absolute cracker in store for you today. But first of all, let's work out how this works. So first things first, we are live to the world at our regular time of 12.30 p.m. UK time every other Thursday. So if you're listening to this back at a later time, then why not think about popping it in your diary, joining us live or subscribing to our platform so you can get a little nudge and a reminder when we go live. Uh, you can get involved while we're chatting and ask us anything on the chat box. Uh, this show really, really is for you guys. So this is an access all areas session where you can ask us anything. We are now live on the podcasting services around the globe. So feel free to subscribe on your podcasting service of choice. So a quick overview of some of the questions that we've got in store for you on today's show. I've got to say, you guys did not disappoint us. Uh, we've got questions ranging from tax all the way through to TikTok. The response has honestly been incredible. So thank you, firstly, so, so much to everybody that sent in questions. I actually don't think they were all from Aaron's Nana, so it's even better. So Aaron, we're opening the mailbag. Are you ready for the first question? I was born ready, Rachel. Let's get on with this. I'm, I'm excited. Come on, first question. Okay. So first question is actually a really lovely place to start for people that don't know both of us or either of us. So how and why did you get into accountancy? Oh, what a great question to start with. I mean, it's uh, how long we got? We've only got an hour. <laughs> so I might have to give the, uh, the the smaller version, the uh, quick and easy version for this one. But it is, it is important. It's also important that we let the viewers know and the community know that why we, you know, why we should be doing a talk show, what gives us the right to do it. Um, and I think that is basically down to kind of our history and, and everything that goes with it. So, Rachel, do you want to go first? You, you go with your, your story and then that'll yeah. give me some indication of how long we've got and then I can uh, <laughs> mine accordingly. I'd love to. Uh, so how and why? I'll start with the how. The how uh, is a really nice story, actually, and I, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So I did not go to university and I think we both were uh, part of the generation of people who really didn't feel like not going to university was an option. And I didn't go... Uh, I took an apprenti apprenticeship straight from school and grew and grew to the point where now we hire our own apprentices and guide other people through that journey as well. 
Um, I think the why is I've always, always loved helping people. Uh, I've also always loved numbers and accountancy is such an incredible way to help people. And I think that's something that's so often overlooked. So accountancy, like people come to us stressed, anxious, worried. They feel like they're in a muddle. They love what they do, but really, really struggle with that part of their business. And it's something that's so simple. And it's it's such an amazing platform to really, really help people. Um, which isn't often spoken about. So that's my how and that's my why. What about you, Aaron? Well, funnily enough, I didn't want to be an accountant when I grew up. You know, you would have thought that every time I woke up as a little kid, I was thinking, can't wait to get to this accounting malart. This is going to be what I want to do for the rest (laughs) of my life. But no, I I completely fell into it. I was um, doing work experience and I was also told I didn't have to do work my second work experience so my first one was in a bank randomly and then my second one I didn't have to do because I was doing um, uh, uh, Duke Random at the time and then I, I was thinking to myself you know what I really enjoyed work experience so I looked for voluntary work experience yeah. and my my auntie was like why don't you come and work for the firm I work for accounting firm so I went there and I did my first you know first bit of accountancy led um uh, experience and see what it was all like and i was like quite enjoy this it's quite good and they practically offered me a job there and then saying if at the end of your gcses and stuff if you want to try and be an accountant the opportunity is yours of apprenticeship and all that lot so i thought why not that seems like for me and then literally on the first day that i went to aat and i was like so in awe with everything that we could learn as being an accountant and as Rachel's perfectly put there the chance for us to help people and, and everything else that goes with it then I just fell in love with it and then it's literally gone from there so got my AT qualification got my ACA so my chartered accountancy qualification as well got my practicing certificate which I'm very very proud of and uh, became a QuickBooks trainer as well so what I wanted to be as a kid was to be a teacher and then I became a QuickBooks trainer instead. So I'm kind of there. I kind of kind of reached that, that, that little kid in me would be kind of a little bit proud there. Um, and it just went from strength to strength, but exactly what, what Rachel says, it's all about wanting to help people. Like there's nothing better than a client coming along in an absolute mess or a client coming along, just confused or a little bit like apprehensive about starting their own business and starting to make those dreams come true. And yeah, we get to help them realize those dreams and hopefully, you know, our, me and Rachel are from the same kind of idea when it comes to accountancy. We want our clients to really prosper and really grow and, you know, nothing prouder than having a business that suddenly out there and it's, you know, changing the world and everything else. And that's what it's all about. It's amazing. Um, so have you got the next question for us? I certainly have, Rachel. Okay. So the next question, really straight and simple. How can I get a job after ACC Park qualified? Ooh, go on, Rachel. What do you think to that one? Good question. So I'd say firstly, ACCA, becoming ACCA Park qualified is such a big milestone. I think it can feel like such a long journey to even get to that point. So I think, and I think with anything and so often, especially in our industry, because it's super competitive really, really different. Some people really struggle to to get jobs or to get promotions. I think first things first, like it's a confidence thing and becoming part qualified is incredible. And you already, like you have an asset there, sorry, pun intended. You have an asset there to, to use and to leverage. And I think on our YouTube channel, we did a video, which was how to get a job in accountancy with no experience. And 
the key thing that came from that video was if you are watching this talk show, you're sat in your lunch break with your headphones in and like you already have something that other people don't have and that's the enthusiasm, the passion, the desire to move forward, keep progressing, keep evolving. And it's those bits that as business owners and the people who hire accountants, I can teach you tax, I can teach you bookkeeping, Aaron can teach you QuickBooks. I can't teach you to be enthusiastic and to do extracurricular activities and to take your exams and, and really, really study. And I think so often it can be so overwhelming approaching a situation like trying to get a job. It's really easy to forget that the job application process and then further than that, the interview process is a two way street. And it's more about you finding somewhere that meets your needs as much as it is the other way around. And I think a change in that mindset will really, really help you. What about you, Aaron? What would be your top top tips? Yeah, and I think everything you said there completely mirror. One of the things that, and, and this is why this format works so well, because not only are we both accountants, me and Rachel, but we're also business owners. So we've also had to apply for jobs in the past and also we've yes. had to interview people and kind of understand and try and find the best person for our business so that we can, you know, we can grow and prosper as well. And I think one of the things I would highly um, recommend here is just being prepared in that interview process. So I, I suppose you've got to get to the interview process first. And what Rachel's just said there about being enthusiastic, getting everything down um, is, is going to be your best way. But when you're in that interview process, be prepared for an awkward question that could come your way is, how come you're only part qualified? You know, why didn't you stay on that long to, to complete your qualification? And you'll probably have a wonderful answer already lined up and you'll probably have a reason that's there, but be prepared for that. Because at the end of the day, as, as you know, as we're looking to um, employ someone, being part qualified is amazing and that's definitely a plus for you, but also the fact that it's part qualified will raise questions as to why, how, everything else, what happened. So be prepared for that one and, and be completely honest with it. Explain your situation and you should be absolutely fine. But don't get caught up by that question. Don't let that be a question that suddenly is out of the blue and you've not prepared your answer for it. Because I certainly, as a as someone to employ someone, will be asking that question. So, so bring it in there. Um, and I, I think as long as with that answer, you, you show your enthusiasm, you show where it all went right, where what you know what was happening, and just be brutally honest as to why for whatever reason you've moved on um i think that's so it jazz on uh youtube has asked is that you answering my question sorry i'm a bit late uh so all of the questions that come through are actually anonymous so i don't know if it was your question but the question was how can i get a job after acca part qualified so if that was your question then yes <laughs> um okay so do you want me to fire the next question at you Let's this go one for it. i think might be my favorite like actually my favorite. And I'm really glad that Aaron has to answer it before me. <laughs> so the question is, what is the weirdest query you've ever had? <laughs> Apart from me asking to do a talk show, what was the weirdest <laughs> query you've ever had? Well, being an accountant, we get weird and wonderful questions on yeah. a daily basis. And, and also to clarify that as well, some clients will be coming up to you and, and, they think that they're asking these weird and wonderful questions and actually the same questions we get asked day in day out day in day out but yeah when it comes to weirdest one i'm trying to wrap my brain into what really was that that you know that that one that stands out but i've had some crackers over the years um and obviously i've for confidentially 
for confidential reasons, I can't explain too much of what the scenario was. Um, but yeah, we, we've been asked for questions that, that just, you know, you wouldn't ask anyone else. So why, why are you asking your accountant this particular question? Um, and, and I think it's that perception of what clients, you know, think accountants for. And, and it's great that we're, we're being asked, um, you know, all wonderful and wild questions but sometimes you really do kind of wonder you know what is the perception and then it's all about trying to explain to a client and understand their client's needs and trying to figure it out but yeah my, my my weirdest like literally the weirdest question that that that's come my way is has always been around kind of um client just just asking just stuff that you know they perceive that 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 is 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 revolving around accountants and and what their what their where their job is and i've i've never been able to give them a satisfying answer other than we're not you know we're not the people that you should be asking these questions for yeah. um and and pushing it from there i'm trying to give an example where i don't give it away and don't uh, <laughs> don't get myself into trouble into a I certain think for me this question really highlighted exactly what you said in that like we get asked so many questions. Like I actually don't feel like questions are weird anymore. And the relationships that we build are such close relationships. And actually people really gravitate to businesses like yours and like ours, because when you break down all of the job titles and qualifications, we're small business owners as well. So if you send me a voice note asking do you use Canva Premium or do you just like wing it with the free version? I'm more than happy to answer that question. Or if you say, I've just got some inheritance, what should I do with it? I'll I'll, I'll pass you on to our financial advisor. And I, I think it's so lovely. And I think it is that closeness and that intimacy that you very often might not find in, in bigger, more corporate businesses where people just want someone to ask those questions too. And it also highlights the variety of clients. I think like, so Aaron over at Boffix and we don't have a speciality. You know, we have groups of people that we love working with, but we take everybody. And that's all like every single job, business, online, product-based, brick and mortar, like you name it, we've probably got a client all the way from people that are pitching to go on Dragon's Den all the way through to people that are in boy bands and nothing's weird anymore would be my answer to that. Nothing is weird anymore. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I do completely see what you're saying there. And you're right. You know, we, we do kind of answer every single question that comes at us. <laughs> there are still some questions where you wouldn't, you wouldn't ask, you know, you wouldn't ask your, you know, your partner what that, what the answer or the question of that's going to be. So, you know, that they're the only times where it just get a little bit kind of kind of strange and i think the only time that that happens is when the client's so enthusiastic about it and we love enthusiasm and we love that kind of um that 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 whole manner of which it is but sometimes that enthusiasm can be where it gets a little bit close to the, you know close to being that little bit crazy and that bit, a little bit weird but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll always try and give a a response, but sometimes it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. again and without without giving any uh, particulars away. It is a a weird and wonderful world to be an accountant these days. Um, but like Rachel said, though, that is the beauty. It is the fact that we get involved in so much of a business aspect now. Like when I don't know about you, Rachel, but when I first started as an accountant and I started being you know the apprentice and working my way up and everything else it was very much 
okay, you'll just do the numbers and get on with the numbers and be done with it. Um, but now when, if you're looking to get a working accountancy and you're wanting to, you know, drum up some, um, some experience and you want to start looking at becoming an accountant, then you're going to have a great surprise when it comes to the variation of the work and what's involved and everything else. Now, and there and are, like you said so, about helping, helping people, yeah. um, like we as a, as, a, as a small firm that offers, and we, and we really do offer like a holistic approach to accountancy. Yeah. So our process notes are that every single, like we're not a conveyor belt of work. We're not a conveyor belt of accounts. Like each, each client is a real person with a family and a reason. And like their reason is really, really important to us. And it's that reason that's at the heart of every single set of accounts. So every single set of accounts is person-centered. It's what is the business owner's desired outcome from this set of accounts? Is it that they want to get a mortgage in the next three years? Is it that really they need to wealth plan or do wealth management? And it's, I would really, really encourage people that even if you feel like you don't fall into the stereotypical impression of what an accountant is to really explore that and to reach out to people like me and Aaron and ask questions and, and find out like okay well I'm not the stereotype but does that mean that I could be the new stereotype I would really really encourage you to do that and coming on to stereotypical accountants is a great segue into the next question which is Aaron oh yeah so what do you think about TikTok I'm glad you're answering this one actually first because yeah I'm scared of TikTok. <laughs> I really, really like feel like it's another planet and oh, I, I'm just scared of it. I'm really scared. I, I, I don't understand it. I've got the app on my phone and it terrifies me, to be honest. What about mm. you, Eric? Well, I tried. So, I mean, please don't go looking into this and, and try and look through the archives, but I have tried the whole let's do a dance in front of a screen to a popular song and try and make it related to uh, accountancy. Funnily enough, dancing around um, isn't the best way of showing off your accounting skills. So I learned that. Well, uh, you've obviously never been on the accountancy Instagram page. Yes, I, I, you, you are. You are definitely there showing <laughs> off um, a few skills here and there, um, a, few, a few shapes and, and making it, making us all, everyone else look bad. But in the whole, it's not quite what it's supposed to be. So one thing we definitely learned from TikTok, and, and I think this is where this question can be quite useful for people to understand, is there's new social media platforms happening all the time. And some of them are going to go ballistic like TikTok has. And some of them are, you're going to invest a lot of time in and they're going to die by the wayside. And that's just that's just life. And you've just got to accept that. Um, but when it comes to TikTok itself, it has its own style. It has its own... Um, approach and even that's evolving as more people are you know coming into the platform for the first time and there's you know the the engagement and everything that, that comes with it and I think for us we're slowly but surely starting to go back into that space and our way or approach now is that let's just reuse content that we know is doing well on other social platforms we know is engaging enough to be you know that short sharp to the point element and let's just try and see how it goes through not not what we did before where we went well these tiktok people are doing really well because they're dancing in front of a screen so let's do the same let's try and just adapt our own 
um, going forward. And I know, Rachel, you are the queen at social media and you put the rest of us accountants to shame. So what I, I, I think Oprah's you? a really good, really good point, aside from me being terrified of TikTok. Yeah. I think there's, there's a reason that we've not really seriously explored that to, to speak yeah. about it really, really frankly. And, and that is that when you look at the statistics and you look at the data, as business owners, it's all about where we invest our time. And like I get asked all the time, who does your marketing? And the answer is me at 10 p.m. So we do all of our own marketing. But a really big part of that is when you do do everything yourself, it's about investing your time and looking at where your customers are. So if we're doing that as business owners, and it doesn't matter if you're an accountant or another small business owner, you need to look and analyze the market and look at where your customers are. And if you look at the demographic of TikTok users, 25% of TikTok users are between the ages of 10 and 15. The next 25% are between the ages of 15 and 19. So that's 50% of the individuals that my content is going to get put in front of aren't actually old enough to submit a tax return. So whereas Instagram, the demographic is much higher and I'm able to put my content really, really focused and targeted in front of the people that are my potential clients. And whilst TikTok is amazing and you can go viral, does going viral count if 50% of the people it's going to actually are not customers of mine? And, and, and that's what's really, really important to, to think about. So hopefully that was helpful to the person that asked the question, what do you think of TikTok? And I think that's a really, and that's really insightful and it's really good way of looking at it. And, and it's definitely, you should definitely be um, pushed by the numbers. The only thing I'd say that is a reason to jump and the only reason we're even worried about TikTok in the first place it's just because certain times you will be asked to be on that platform because of another brand or mm. another partnership or whatever. And you've got to make a decision if that's, you know, if that ultimately if that relationship is worthwhile. But that does mean that you need to have some form of presence on there to be, you know, be part of that conversation. Um, and it is tricky. And, and you know, we could we could do a whole hour of which social platforms are, you know, relevant and which ones are dying and which ones are everything else <laughs> but i think it's one of them where we've just got to we've got to prepare haven't we so rachel what is the next question what 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 else have we got to cover next okay so this is a good one and one that i think there's a lot of different things to explore so somebody's asked what sorry not what how how many different accountants are there what's the difference and what do they do and this is a great question, isn't it? And, and you did a wonderful video uh, based on this one. Um, and I've, I've seen some really good video content out there on it before because it's one of those, as, as an accountant, we, I think we sometimes forget about how complex the profession is. Like, as an accountant, we just take it for granted that we've auditor or we're a bookkeeper or we're a and they're just words that people don't 100% understand and don't 100% realize. Um but the, the truth of it is, is there are so many different avenues for accountancy. Um, but that's one of the things where in, in one of the latest videos I did is is actually a real plus point um, because it gives so much variety to, to your work. And we've already said, like, clients are weird, wonderful and wacky and amazing. And they give us variety and they keep us going. Yeah. Um, but if you still had all of the same type of clients and you all, you know, and you only focused on one industry, you'll still have a really varied career opportunity because there's just so much opportunity out there for accountants. So Rachel, do you want to go through a little bit more detail as to 
and answering the question in terms of what type of ones are out there and everything yeah, else. Yeah, of course. And I, I think this is a really important question to talk about because the reason that people have started creating content around this question is because the answers actually are very hard to find. And I remember when I wanted to become an accountant, like I would Google things like, what's the difference between AAT and ACCA? And it was tumbleweed. I would Google like, once I've done AAT, what will my job title be? Or what jobs can I get? Rather than just staring at Indeed, having no idea what my salary expectations were. And I I so vividly remember like really struggling and not having answers to those questions. So it's so good that the content is now out there because people have struggled for so long. Um, in terms of the difference, the number one difference between accountants, so if we were like breaking it down, the number one difference at the very top is industry versus practice. So practice is where you are an accountant that works for a firm of accountants and you have customers that are loads and loads of different business owners. Then you've got industry and industry is where you work for a firm and you work in their internal accounting department. So as, uh, as an accountant that works in practice, so a firm of accountants, your role really uh, is surrounded by all of the statutory requirements, mainly that business owners have. So you'll be doing accounts and tax returns, VAT returns, and there's so much more that we offer, but really the essence of our role is surrounded by the compliance and the statutory work. If you move over and then look at industry, when you're working in the finance department of a firm, it's very much looking at the internal accounts, sometimes much more current data. So you might be preparing things like management accounts, which aren't a statutory obligation. They're not required by anybody, but they are used by the business owners and by the board to make really, really strategic decisions. So the number one difference of the different types of accountants is industry versus practice. And then looking at the practice section within those, you can really, really get specialties in everything. So some practices, so some firms of accountants break down their roles by tax, personal tax, business tax, accounts team, bookkeeping team, VAT team. Other accountancy practices break down by service. So they might have uh, like construction and agriculture, and you can specialize in that way where you do everything start to finish, but for like one niche market so there's so many different types and I think in a lot of the videos that I've done where I talk about different um different roles different experiences my number one top tip is to get as much exposure as possible so if you have gone past the point of, of getting your first job in accountancy and you're working in maybe the bookkeeping department of an accountancy practice network like be a Tasmanian devil network everywhere go to your hr department if there is one or somebody that deals with hr and say i would really really love to spend a week a couple of days or just an hour chatting to the manager of each different department or i would love to come and do a week's work experience in every single department is there any opportunity that i can do that because you've got first-hand experience you, you're already experienced and you're already part of the firm and it's the best way to make connections get experience so that if you did a week in I was going to say the audit department but that probably wouldn't happen um if you did do a week in the accounts department and you really really loved it you've also you've made friends with the people that are in that team you might know the manager and that will absolutely help you so that when the time comes for you to maybe get a promotion or if a job opens up it's already there and I just experience is the only way you'll know what 
where you want to be, what you like doing and what your passion is. And, and that would be my number one top tip is that if you already work in finance, try and speak and network to as many people as possible. Because I think, and I'm definitely somebody that does this, I always assume that someone will say no, but actually people are nice. Like despite popular opinion, people are nice. And it's nice to be asked these questions, you know, like even as a manager, as somebody uh, that works in business, it's really nice to be asked. So ask the question, worst case scenario, they'll say no. And also you've got to think from the company's point of view, it's in their best interest. Like I, when I was working at bigger organizations, it was very much a case of, um, you know, if I wanted to go into another department, then not only do I learn more skill set in terms of what that department does and exactly as Rachel says and, and trying to understand, you know, how that is if I'm going to go to payroll, for example. But also it means that from an organization point of view, A, that's a quite a cheap resource for them to be able to bring some help in or some to move some around or to give them some flexibility. That's a really good thing for them. It's going to help their thing. And also they know then that from their development of you, you're going to give better advice out. So the best example I can think of is I've known a lot of accountants who've got really, really high up and, you know, top four, you know, they've been to very, very, um, you know, highest they can go in, in their profession. Um, but you ask them the simplest of kind of AAT style questions on a, on a trial balance, for example, and they wouldn't have a clue. And, and, and that's because they've never had that rounded experience. And if you can get yourself that rounded experience and understand how all of it works together, you may not be an expert by any means in any of those departments if you've only been there a week or, or for a certain amount of time. But having that knowledge, understanding it can really, really enhance you um, as, as, and, and be, make you a better asset to your organization you're working for. Also, if you ever decide to let's do what, me and Rachel did and jump ship and start creating your own business, you'll be perfectly suited because again, you may not be an expert in how to run a payroll, but you'll know the process and you'll know what to look out for and you'll know how to build a process around it. So yeah, it's, it is important and it, and it's important that we as content providers tell people as much as possible and we give as much advice as we can out there because ultimately that's going to make either a lot of people out there, really happy because they've made the right choice yeah. or they've tried accountancy they've been put in audit they thought to themselves accountancy is not for them but they yeah. haven't they haven't appreciated what else and what other amazing bits that accountancy can bring and, and it's evolving always, always, always remember you just be audit you can be <laughs> there's a little merch store uh, <laughs> uh, pushing there. <laughs> she's putting links just now um, <laughs> but also also do remember though people that you know it's always 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 evolving the list that rachel has just given there is correct as of today in mm. a week's time there could be another role in a couple of months time a year's time accountancy just like every other profession in the world is changing so we we already see these new little niche um um uh, yeah, we'll have a crypt crypto department you know nft exactly. department. like it yeah it evolves every day every day yeah exactly so you know it's it's always changing but that's that's a good thing and the more you can try and keep your little you know understand it and be having an awareness of it because yeah. one of the best skills you'll ever get out of accountancy is awareness and business awareness um, and if you can if you can apply that to also the accountancy world you are going to be in a great step that's such a good point though like our job is literally we get to 
nosy into people's businesses we get to see what works what doesn't work from company structure to cash flow to personality type like what works what doesn't work which businesses are successful like what can we see and it's it's just amazing and I think so frequently it's not talked about that like being an accountant is probably one of probably one of the only jobs that gives you exposure to looking at the insides of people's businesses and trying to work out what works. And it just makes you such an amazing all-rounded platform so that if you ever wanted to become a business owner, you're, you're really well equipped. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think also, you know, it it, it shows you in the better light as well because you are being, in, you know, you, you're investigating yourself. You're showing that to your employer that, you, you want to know what else is out there. You want to know how those roles are. Um, and that's going to come really, really helpful to you when it comes to things like appraisals, you know, talking about next thing, or even, even if it's a case of if you're looking to your next step and you're looking to actually have an interview process and they ask you, you know, why are you in bookkeeping? And you've explained that you've, you know, you've had these times in accounts and they're really, you know, it's going to give you that one step up maybe to another as well. So definitely Rachel's got it spot on. You want to be inquisitive, go out there, have a look at them all that you can. And I promise you, you won't look back once you start looking at all those ones. So what's the next question? The next question is as straightforward as it can be. What does a firm accountant do? So I'm assuming this is uh, for being someone in practice. Rachel, you're So up. good question. And I, I think the answer actually depends on the size of the size and the structure of the business. So for, for our business, for example, this time last year, we were a one-man band. We're now a team of five that's looking to grow and expand. And our client base has, has grown by a multiple of five in 12 months. So the roles that people do and the jobs that people undertake is very different to where I trained that was a top 75, there was 100 employees and we had different departments for everything. So generally, as as we said before, the role of a firm accountant is predominantly statutory and compliance work. So anything from accounts to tax returns to personal tax returns and somebody in a role like ours. So all of our accountants have their own portfolio, which is incredible to be able to provide people that are that are training with their own portfolio of clients. And that really encourages everybody to have really close relationships. So you have clients that are yours rather than jobs that are yours. So you don't just do accounts. You don't just do tax returns. You don't just do VAT returns. You have clients that you work with from start to finish. And We've chosen to structure our business in that way because it really is person-centered. And one of the frustrations that I saw working at a top 75 was that very often business owners felt like they were passed around from person to person for every different job. and The communication just wasn't there. And, and we really, really love those really close relationships where you can pick up a client and say, oh, my God, you got a puppy last time I spoke to you. How's it going? Um, and like one of our clients just had a baby and we sent them a present. And it just it's like it's those really close relationships that we love. So the role of a firm accountant will very often be different depending on the structure of the business. But for us, uh, our, our accountants have um, portfolios. So they'll do everything from bookkeeping to VAT to then do the accounts, then do the tax return, then do a personal tax return um, and then provide advisory services as well. But in bigger firms or in different firms, you might you might work in the account, year end accounts department. You might work in the bookkeeping department and then you would have more clients but your role would be doing the same doing the same work more frequently 
Um, what about you, Aaron? Do you have anything to, to add? Like how, how's your business structured in terms of what your accountants do? Yeah, it's very, very, very similar. And, and I think that's something that has changed as well. So again, we, we are back to when I first started. It was very much a case of I was an accounts prep. That's my role. So I yeah, prepared accountants. Yeah, accounts for people. Um, and also on a traditional accounts role, it was very much that you would prepare the, the return or pair the accounts, whatever your job role was, or prepare the piece of work. And the actual communication with the client would be through the partner or, 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 or whoever it was going to be. Um, but that has changed a lot and for the better. So, you know, doesn't matter what role you are in at the moment, you are more than likely now going to have a much more client focused approach yeah. and you're going to be able to build those relationships and talk and understand. And that is where it really does become a really great part of the job. You'll also find from a firm accountants as well, we're, you know, as I've already alluded to about being asked to change and being asked to look and, and, and evolve, we're being asked to do far more different things than we've ever had done before. So, you know, we're being asked to train clients on how to use their software, whereas, you know, and, and how to use it properly and how to connect it to different accounts and how to be able to get the most efficiencies out and, and everything else that goes with it. So our role, our actual what does a firm of accountants do? Again, it's changing all the time and for the better. You know, we are getting that opportunity to, you know, become what we want to become in terms of that true business advisory. Um, and we are starting to be able to see the fruits of that, of that, of that change and starting to see new, new avenues that we can start learning, new skill sets that we can start developing as, as individuals. Um, and my favorite kind of analogy of it, and, and it, it's, it is true, but it's, you know, it's still a bit tongue-in-cheek as well, is that when you ask what does a firm accountant do compared to what does someone in industry do? So we, we had that definition when Rachel put it in the last question. Um, as a, you know, if you are just working for one particular company, you will be just sat there looking at the same work day in, day out, day in, day out as an industry. You know, that's how, that's how it works. But as an accountant, every day is going to be absolutely different for you as a firm accountant. <laughs> Um, and you're going to have that opportunity to do things differently and, and, and look at things and have an opportunity to, to, um, to really test your skill sets out there. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure why the question was asked, but hopefully it was to try and encourage someone to go into um, accountancy. And if you want to have your first taste of it, I highly recommend jumping in at the firm accountant role. Yeah. As we've already said, you get all of those amazing little insights into it and you you definitely won't get bored which is uh, another stereotypic of accountant isn't it yeah yeah 100% um the next question is quite a long one go so for please it bear with me as I read it um I've just set up, my, set up my new consulting business in April 2021 it's a lifestyle business so I won't be making much money and it's more about giving me the means to do more of what I love doing which is great and something that we see all the time right um, probably in time, it will be turning over 50K. Do I set up as a sole trader, a limited company, or is there something else that I'm missing? Someone also said to me to go into partnership with my wife who doesn't work, but there isn't much that she can do within the business. So it seems morally wrong. <laughs> I feel like there's quite a lot to unpack. And I, I guess the first question is sole trader versus limited. It is, but I think also the point here, I think is really good to make here is, 
you know, if you are out there thinking about, do I become an accountant? Is it boring or anything? Not this, this proves it's not because we've been asked one question here. And as Rachel's already said, there is so much to unpack here, but that's yeah. the beauty of being an accountant, isn't it? It's investigating like already my, you know, my, my, I'm, I'm, my spider sense is tingling here and I, you know, I'm getting all giddy out of asking and trying to get follow on questions and follow yeah. up bits and everything else, because that's part of being an accountant, isn't it? It's about us trying to go deeper into, well, what do they mean by this? And let's clarify on that and let's figure out this and everything else. Uh, but to the question itself, um, you know, we can't go in and tell you exactly to the letter, everything you need to know on this channel. Um, but what we can say is sole trader versus limited company. There are you two options. Yes, you can look into partnership, but i I think you're absolutely right. That wouldn't work for you. It's not It's not really the method that would go through. But as a limited company, you can kind of create a similar aspect to that because you can bring your wife on as a shareholder. You can have that, you know, completely legitimately um, as a shareholder. You can then start looking at making sure that you're utilizing all allowances that are available to every member of in the um, in the shareholding agreement um and you can make sure that from a tax point of view you are making it as simplified and as um efficient as you possibly can um the whole debate though sole trader versus limited company one thing i would always urge people to do is not just go down the tax route you know there are other considerations to make so you know yeah, in this situation go for it Sorry, I was just gonna say, so yeah, you're absolutely right in that this is like such a good example of questions that we get asked yeah. all the time. And like, exactly. they're juicy ones. Like there's like 17 different things to talk about in this question. Yeah. So the first is sole trader versus limited. And as Aaron said, I, I feel like we're being very accountant-y being like, it depends. So <laughs> what I'll do instead, as obviously these questions are anonymous, we actually don't know who asked the question and like what their circumstances are. Instead, I'm just gonna walk you through like, the main differences between them and like reasons that we see people choose limited rather than being a sole trader. And then you can run down that list and see if any apply to you. So the first reason we see people incorporate limited companies very often is tax efficiency. But it's really important to say that tax efficiency only comes into play when your profit is a certain figure, when your turnovers are a certain amount, and when your personal tax situation is in a certain way. So the number one reason we see people incorporate limited companies as opposed to being a sole trader is for tax efficiency. The second reason is in the name limited. So it's limited liability. So for many, many different reasons, uh, that's very attractive to lots of people. So the word limited in limited company means limited liability. It means that what happens in the business is legally separate to you and that could be because you've got a personal situation that you want to protect. It could be because you've got insurance policies or assets and liabilities in the company that you don't want to, to work both ways. So that bit is, I'd say, almost as important to think about as tax efficiency is what's the structure of the business. And as a consulting business, the chances are that you're, the, the risk of liability is quite low. Uh, the biggest liability you'll probably have is, is a tax one rather than an asset or a liability in terms of debt. But the limited liability is something that really works for a lot of people. And sometimes it's a peace of mind thing. And I, I think, you know, sometimes the efficiencies in the company structure goes out the window. Like if, if that's what will really help you from a mindset perspective, treat this differently, then it's really important to think about what works for you. And then the third reason we see people incorporate limited companies um, 
is almost the status of being a limited company. So we very exactly. often see people. So like I work with lots of Etsy people, uh, people within the Etsy community, Amazon businesses and Shopify retailers. And if you're a product based business, for example, and you're trying to work with wholesalers or win wholesale customers, sometimes you can't even set up a supplier account without having a company number, like you can't get credit, they won't sell to you, you can't work with them if you don't have a company number. So for some people, it's just a hoop that you have to jump through. So the top three reasons we see people incorporate limited companies are firstly, tax efficiency, secondly, limited liability, and thirdly, the thirdly, thirdly, the status of being a limited company. Um, but it is important to say that those are all the things that are great about being a limited company. But because it because the limited liability comes from them being separate legal entities with great power comes great responsibility and that legal separation basically creates a whole extra layer of work to do so as a sole trader your responsibilities each year are to prepare a set of accounts to work out how much profit you've made and then to do a tax return to tax those profits as a limited company there's a whole extra layer so in a limited company, you have to do a limited company set of accounts. So the company does a set of accounts, the company does a tax return, and then you as a shareholder and director of the company also have to file a self-assessment tax return to tax the income that you've taken from the limited company personally. Yeah. So, sorry, you go. <laughs> and all I'm saying is that, or, or what I would point to that is, the thing about all of this is that, yeah, you're right. You know, cookie cutter, a cookie cutter response mm -hmm. is that go limited because it's cheaper on tax, and and that that could be right. That could be absolutely spot on for your particular business. But even in this small little example we've got here, the fact it's lifestyle, the fact it's you know everything that goes with it, it seems like a sole trader would be a better fit. But the most important thing to to kind of take away from this is that you know don't go by someone said go into partnership was that someone down you know down the local pub or something like that that's not oh the, the tax advice you get in the pub <laughs> is my favorite kind of tax it, and it's the perfect, most reliable it? oh I've, I've never known anyone get wrong get it wrong yet i mean i don't yeah. i don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it isn't you know don't just go and google the first answer and accept that one this is an exact point here where every single business is so different. Every yeah. single business has so many reasons why limited versus sole trader is going to be the right fit for them. And even as, our, as accountants, we can advise someone that limited company is by far the best way because exactly what Rachel has just said, they tick all of those tick boxes that we've just gone through. And yet for them, sole trader is the one they want to go for and they've got a legitimate reason for it. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's, that's absolutely right. Um, but I think here, you know, with this particular question in, in mind, lifestyle business, wanting to kind of keep it straightforward, don't want the stress. Rachel's just explained beautifully there about how great power comes with great responsibility. You know, maybe for you, a sole trader is the right thing. But please, you know, sit down with someone, go through line by line with it and uh, get the right advice. But yeah, it, it, it what it really does highlight there is just how great um a job it can be being an accountant when you're helping businesses like this you know giving them taking away the anxiety that they've got there of what's right what's wrong they may they may not be sat there losing sleep over this particular question but yeah. you know with a good 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 consultation you can get everything settled for them and they can go away feeling much better 100 percent. even the bit about the wife 
the wife, yeah, his wife, exactly. their, their exactly. wife, um, is all about like, and, and the people in the pub don't have bad intentions, but it's kind of like Chinese whispers. So like, yeah. are they talking about a marriage allowance, which is where mm. if your wife doesn't work, you can transfer part of your tax-free allowance each year to your spouse and they can utilize that too. Do they mean that? Or do they mean actually setting up a partnership? Or do they mean incorporating your wife into your company structure to try and make it more efficient? And mm. those are really conversations where, and it's important to find an accountant that you feel really comfortable with having those conversations. Like we're not the police. We're not here to tell you that, it, that it's wrong. We're here to tell you what your options are yeah. and what the guidance is, what the legislation is, what's what's legal and what's not legal. And and it's there for you. So even, even that piece about, about the wife is is a whole whole different question right and we actually had a follow-up question to this question um so follow-up question from before with the new business there is not much money coming in at the moment so i'm keeping costs as low as possible which again is great it gives us more information to help make the decision when do i have to appoint an accountant i don't have many transactions because business costs are pretty low too yeah, I mean, these are the sort of questions as well where getting this follow-up element here just opens up even more um, yeah. elements that we, we can definitely help with and definitely bring in. Um, the whole bit there, though, I think that stands out for me more than anything is the whole question, when do I appoint an accountant? Because it, yeah. it is one of those questions where it gets asked so many times. And <laughs> the truth of the matter, and, the, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of accountants don't want me to tell you this, but the truth of the matter is you don't have to have an accountant. There is no legal represent or reason for you to have an accountant. You know, you're not by law. It's not that you'll go to jail if you don't have an accountant or anything like that. The term for putting a tax return in is called self-assessment, which says it all. It is about you creating your own assessment of the, you know, of what taxes you are due. So if you don't want to have an accountant, you do not have to have an accountant. And, you know, Rachel's done a great ebook on how to how to complete a tax return all by yourself. You know, and she's an author of that one. You know, I've done videos on how to complete a tax return all by yourself. As accountants, we are not here to force your hand to become, you know, to have an accountant. What we as an accountants do is add, and we want to add value to that. So, the question of when do I have to appoint an accountant should be more of a question: is what would I benefit from bringing yeah. on an accountant? Yeah, so I exactly the same as you are and get asked this question 17 times a day. When, when do I have to appoint an accountant? And the answer is when you want to. And like you say, Aaron, it's, it's not our job to terrify you and like beat you with a terrifying stick to make you have an accountant. It's our job to really, really help you understand our value. And it could be that you very, very quickly realize that, oh, my accountancy fee is a tax deductible done uh like it there's so many different ways that we add value but it's really important to know as as a business owner especially as like a brand new business owner where cost efficiency actually sometimes is more important than anything else it's really important to know a that you don't need an accountant and b get one when you want one and it's so easy to be terrified and if you google that question I guarantee Google ads will not help you because the first five things will be accountants coming up and, and then trying to make you feel really difficult. So maybe Googling it makes it feel really scary. And I think it's really important to have people like us uh, 
talking about the fact that you don't need an accountant. And actually it's our job to make you feel so comfortable that you come to us when you decide that you do need one. And that's, that's always, that's me and Aaron are on the same, same page when it comes to exactly. that. Exactly. And especially when one of the points in here is I'm trying to keep um, as low as costs as low yeah. as possible. Well, first advice as being an accountant would be don't spend unnecessarily if you if you don't have to. So, yeah. you know, we shoot ourselves in the foot there, but it's right. It's the right thing to do. Like if I have a client who, you know, would be better off spending the money elsewhere, it's our job to tell them that. And it's our job to make sure that they are, you know, doing what what's right. COVID, the pandemic has all proven the fact that, you know, we, we've got to do things right for our clients. We've got to make sure that they're, um, that, they're that they're prepared for it as, as best as possible. Um, but, I, you know, it's a really, really valid question of when do I have to appoint an accountant? And as we've already said, and we will say time and time and time again, and it won't be the last time we're asked this question, but yeah, <laughs> it's not, there is no when, it's why and, you know, what benefit will you get from it? So, yeah amazing wonderful and i think with that is that our final question for our first question of the going concern checklist uh, a chat show so thank you for your questions everybody if you're listening via a podcast don't forget to follow us on social channels so you can get to join us live for one of our future episodes and just like people have asked now opportunity to ask questions as well which reminds me rachel when are we back we are back on the 1st of July, so you can head into a brand new month, get all of your accounting questions answered. Uh, don't forget to submit your questions via the link that I'm about to pop in the chat box wherever you're watching this question. Done, 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 it's gone. Um, yeah, please, please submit submit your questions. Um, it's, me, me and Aaron both receive the questions directly to our inbox whenever people submit them, and it's very distracting, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> 100%, 100%, Rachel. Well, thank you for finally convincing me to come along this journey with you. I'm uh, already finding this is a definitely a well worth investment of time and, and everything else. So, Rachel, have you got any videos planned for this week? What's your uh, or next two weeks, should I say? What, what have you got coming up on your wonderful video? And I must say, while we're here, if you haven't already, make sure you watch Rachel's video she posted today about <laughs> her, um, her, her journey from a shed to an actual working office is highly highly recommended but rachel what other videos have you got planned yeah so today we release shed to shed quarters um every thursday we release brand new brand new content on our youtube channel my ted talk is being released in the next two weeks so i'm very excited about that and i also run study with me sessions so every tuesday every thursday and every saturday you can live stream study with me on the internet for accountability some company or just a bit of fun i ask questions and we do live chat and we really really have a good time what about you aaron what have you got coming up so uh quickbooks labs will happen each and every other thursday so uh, thursday tuesday um where we talk about everything to do with quickbooks so if you are interested in quickbooks whatsoever do get yourself over to there and the video i want to pick out that we hope is going to be out in the next two weeks is we're going down the day in the life of we're finally Yay! doing it we're, yeah it's happening it's been highly Who's, requested. Whose day? Is it your day? My day, yeah. Um, and we finally uh, got around to start to film it. So let's see how it goes. What let's, day let's... is it? I'm going to be really annoyed. Well, <laughs> well I, I've got a bit of a, a thing. I'm doing, I've got multiple hats. So I'm doing a day in the life of accountant, day in the life of a QuickBooks trainer. And then we'll see if there are ever 
other ones we're going to bring in as well so yeah so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to that it's one of those videos that i've been putting off for a long time so it's about time you know gave gave the audience what they wanted okay rachel thank you so much for today thank you for giving up the time thank you to every single person who has put their questions in watch subscribe comment the lot i uh, really do appreciate it we'll be back in two weeks time so it is a goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me Cheers, everybody.